Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. If you obey God because you're afraid of being punished, I'm not going to do that because I know it's coming. Man, he's going to get me. His, it's right over my head. I, I won't, I'll, I'll just obey you, God. You will never succeed. Never. God doesn't want us to be motivated by guilt or fear or some kind of manipulation of a pastor, teacher. No, he wants us to be motivated to obey him because of love. It's often said that religion is a private matter and should be left out of the public's eye. Some people claim that it's only important that God sees their faith. But as we will see in today's message, that it is important for the Christ follower to obey so everyone knows that we love God. Not only does obedience show others that we're Christians, but it helps us to know for ourselves that we truly believe. Today's message tells us that our love for God and our willingness to do what He asks of us are bound together. As we seek to obey God, His love becomes more evident in our lives. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of Acts, chapter 11, verse 25, for part two of our message entitled, Obedience Proves We Know God. How in the world will you ever learn to obey his commands if you don't bring a Bible? You don't know where to turn. It doesn't make any sense. You ought to be able to see it. That's why we do a book usually verse by verse. You can see the context. Now, as you begin to think about that, let's turn to Acts chapter 11. We don't mind if you're new in the Bible because here's our cheat sheet. We don't want people going, where's Acts? Is there an axe in the Bible? Is there a fork? Is there a knife? What? We show you where to turn. Because we don't want to embarrass everybody. We all started with no knowledge. Now, look at verse, chapter 11, verse 25. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul, which would have been Paul, they met with the church and taught great numbers of people. Here we see that every church is not only to be a church, as we talked about at the beginning, that experiences the presence of God through worship, but every church is to be a teaching church. It's one of the reasons you're here, is to be taught in all of our campuses the Word of God. And then we teach it to obey the Word. Take a look. How many of you know where you find this make it stick? How many know where you find it? Good. The rest of you, let me tell you where. Every week on Monday afternoon on our website, the head, calvaryccm.com, click on make it stick. 
And there will be for you eight application questions to what I'm teaching this weekend or whoever's here teaching. Every week. These are our community groups. That's what we do in the community groups. These are for you to take the principles that I've taught this weekend from God's word and learn to make it stick. You need to go there. You need to be there. You need to learn to make it stick. Remember, unapplied paint is useless. The value of paint is in the application. Just hearing me speak some points is useless unless you can learn to apply it. So this is exactly what Paul and Barnabas did with these new believers. What would they have taught them? Well, pretty much all the things we do. The life, death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus about knowing the Word of God so they could obey the Word of God. Uh, they taught them, no doubt, probably I'm somewhere in there, Paul would say, God's for you. He's not against you. They taught them that if you follow God's word, it, it would show you how to live. And for sure, they taught about spiritual warfare and the power of the Holy Spirit, the reality of heaven and hell. And what we mentioned to you a moment ago, Paul was into this. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Lost people simply matter to God. You see, the Bible is living. It's eternal. It's true. It's powerful. And it has application for our life. Let me read to you Psalm 119. Your word, O Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. We have a lot of people today that say the church needs to be updated to match the world. No, that's wrong. We update methods. Paul didn't have a band. He didn't have PowerPoints. But we never touched the message of the Bible. It was true then. It stands firm in the heavens. It's true today. You'll see all kind of things in government with playing around with that. You even saw something this week with an individual in a very powerful position change his position because of a family member and some stuff. Some of you that know about it know what happened. You, you can't, you can love and you want to love, but you don't change the position of the Bible because of some circumstance. The Bible remains firm. Also, the law of the Lord is perfect. Psalm 119, your word is a lamp to my feet, shows me my next step and a light to my path, where to go. That's why we teach the word of God. Now, one day, Paul wrote this to a church at Thessalonica. I want you to see it. Therefore, we never stop thanking God that when you received his message from us, as Paul taught the word, you didn't think of our words as mere human ideas. No, you accepted it You accepted what we said as the very word of God. Hello, which of course it is. Understand. And then he says this, and this word continues to work in you as you believe. See, the word is living. It is that which is going to transform us into being more like Jesus. That's that sanctification phase. Justification is always by grace. Now we're, we're learning. We'll never get there, but we're learning to be like Jesus. Part of that is that we, we learn to, to sin less. So here's what I want you to write this morning. Every, next, next principle, very true. Every single Christ follower, everyone, all of our campuses needs to be in the word and have the word living in them. So you need to be in the Word and have the Word living in you. It's not just something we learn on Sunday. 
There's nothing that can take the place of your private reading, your journaling, and your meditating on the Word of God. Nothing can take place of that private time with God. Now, we've been watching the History Channel. One of the commercials you'll see in the History Channel is uh, something called version. Y-O-U version. If you have a smartphone or a tablet or a computer, you ought to sign up. It's all free. And there's all kinds of uh, devotionals you can get on it, version. And lots of translations, hundreds of translations of the Bible. And so I use this as one uh, of a, a devotion that I use. And I do it every day. I actually have three of them that I'm following. There's all kinds of people and plans and a million ways. And it's really, really good. It's great. It's free. It's done by Life Church. They just donate it and they keep expanding it. Uh, there's one problem with it. As you're doing your daily devotion, and let's say you get busy and miss three days, you will get an email. And here's what it says. You're behind on your devotional. Now, I've never gotten that, but somebody told me that's what happens. By the way, is that a good thing? That's a really good thing. What I do is I just stop that one. <laughs> no, I don't. It will say, catch me up. And all it does is reverse you back three days so you'll finish it. Yes. Pretty smart, huh? It's like God on your smartphone. It's right in front of you. So I encourage you to get there. Now, amazingly, obedience is a personal choice. Turn with me to Romans chapter 6. In many ways, it would be nice if God, when he saved us, just made us obey. But he never does that. Just like salvation is a choice, so is our obedience. Romans 6, verse 16. I'll read it in the New Living Translation this morning. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. So it's a choice. Now, here's the problem. Many people are afraid to become a Christian or Christ follower because they don't want to live with this extensive list of do's and don'ts. They don't want to live by some checkoff list. And many people don't come to God Because their motivation, they understand a little bit of scripture. Maybe somebody said to them, whatever you sow, you reap. So they go, like, I'm not really into that. As a Christian, many Christians obey God for the wrong reason. So here's what I want you to write. Why we obey God. Why? The motivation. Why we obey God will predict the success of your walk with God. Now see, if you obey God because you have to, you'll never succeed. You'll never succeed. If you obey God because you're afraid of being punished, I'm not going to do that because I know it's coming. Man, he's going to get me. His, it's right over my head. I, I won't, I'll, I'll just obey you, God. You will never succeed. Never. God doesn't want us to be motivated by guilt or fear or some kind of manipulation of a pastor, teacher. No, he wants us to be motivated to obey him because of love. I want to give you four keys this morning if you write them down. Number one, we obey because God first loved us. John writes it. We'll get to it when we get to chapter 4, 1 John 4, 4 uh, 19. We love because he first 
loved us. As you know, God always is making the first move in our lives. We learned the last time we were together that even before the earth was created, God had already planned for Jesus to come to be our sacrifice. Because he knew man would make the wrong choice. He always makes the first move. When Adam sinned, who came looking for Adam? God. So obeying God should come as a natural response because he loved me first. Titus 3.5 says it like this. He saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. I want to obey because God first loved me before I even knew him. In fact, before we knew him, his son died for us. Number two, we obey God because we love God. That is the right motivation. We obey God because we love God. Look at Psalm 19.8. Commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. I want you to think about this this morning. Take God out of your life and what do you have? You don't have anything. You have no purpose. You have no meaning. You have no joy. You have no forgiveness. You have no direction in life. And most of all, you have no heaven. See, I love him. Why? Because his commandments are good for me. We obey God because all that God continues to do and through our lives. We could never earn. We could never repay all that God has done for us. Back in the 70s, there was an old song. How can I give thanks, Andrew Crouch, for the things you've done for me? There's no way. Think of all that God's done for you. That's the motivation. Because we love him. For who he is, first, and all he's done for us, second. Number three, we obey because obedience is good for us. Most of us struggle with that. Later on in this book, we'll find out that God's commandments are not grievous. They're not difficult. They're good for us. From Genesis to Revelation, we read in the Bible that God blesses and rewards obedience. He loves to bless us. He's a good gift that loves to bless his children. Obedience is good for me. And it's good for you. Genesis twenty-two eighteen. And through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Luke eleven twenty eight. Jesus replied, but even more blessed are those who hear the word of God and put it into practice. Maybe one of my top 10 verses, my top 10 in the Old Testament, other than the top 10, 10 commandments, Psalm 119.33, look at this. I run in the path of your commands, for you have set my heart free. Every command from God is an expression of his love for us. God wants only good for his children. God wants only good for you. God's commandments, obeying them, is good for you. He wants, he's not against you. He's for you. That's why he gives these commands. They're good for me. Let me ask you this morning, when we understand that obedience brings freedom, then we'll really enjoy life. So let me ask you, when you read the commands of God, do you take them like this? Oh, no. Or do you take them like this? Okay. God loves me and God gave me commands that are good for me. I'll do it. 
Or can you say, I run in the path of his commands? See, it's not actually running. You'll be weird. Don't do that. People say, what do you do? Oh, I'm running in the commands of God. You tell me go to First Baptist or Presbyterian Church, not here. No, I'm just kidding. But it's an attitude of what? The heart. It's an attitude of the heart. I want you to turn to James chapter 1. Powerful, small passage on application. James chapter 1. Get on to verse 22 at all of our campuses. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror. And after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the, notice, perfect law, the word that gives freedom, and continues to do this, sticky application, not forgetting what he's heard, but doing it, but obeying it. Notice the last sentence. He will be blessed in what he does. See, applying the commandments of God and doing them with the right heart, out of love, is the thing that gives us the thing called the blessed life. It's good for us. It's not difficult to obey God. He is word. He gives us the strength and the power to do it. Now, I want to tell you a true story this morning. I was listening to a a teacher, and I know the church uh, that the man pastors is a great church but more than 20,000 people, Bible-believing church. And he had been teaching one of the weeks on giving to God, uh, your time, your talents, your abilities. And he stopped on the tithing one week and talked about tithing, that God commands us in the New Testament and the Old Testament, basically to give 10% off the top. Those of you who don't want to argue with that, then fine, just give 100%, as Paul says in Romans. Paul says in Romans, just give your body total sacrifice to God. So that's just a starting point. It's not legalistic. If it is, as we have all told you many times in this church, don't give a dime. He's not interested in your money. You're to give cheerfully as the Lord directs you. Anyway, he'd done that. And there was a single mom trying to make life with her kids. And the next week she came back and God had spoken to her during the week. And God says, you need to trust me. So she decided she would trust God and she would write the check. Well, she prayed Decided to obey. It was a choice. She made a thousand dollars or so every two weeks. So she's going to write her check every two weeks. And she wrote a check. She getting ready to write, put the church name and was writing and getting ready to write in a hundred dollars. And she heard God say to her, I want you to make the check for 120. Now, if you're the single mom, what are you saying to God? Say what? Look, I'm already on the bridge. There's nothing under me. I'm stepping out in faith. 120. Aren't you ever satisfied? What, what would you be saying to God? No, I'm only giving my money. I'm going to give you 120. Now, some of you already have a problem with the story. Because I said this. She heard God speak to her. If you think that's weird, then you know nothing of the Bible. John 10, Jesus says this, My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. 
He's the best smart guy I never hear God's voice. Take time and listen. Oh, he's speaking. By the way, he's been speaking for almost 45 minutes. Where? Here? Through me? I'm just the voice of God. I'm the messenger. So she wrote the check for 120 bucks. Put in the offering plate. True story. 100% true. She's walking out of the building to the back. And uh, she's headed to her car, picked up her kid. A man that she never met before stops her outside the sanctuary. And he said, God told me to give you this. And she's thinking, so she began talking to him. He had something in her hand, in his hand, and she didn't know. So she began to say, I don't know you. Who are you? You don't know me. He says this, um, I always carry a $100 bill or two of them in my pocket. And often at the end of a service, because he had that gift of generosity or whatever, he said, God will speak to him who to give it to. And he said this morning, as you walked out, God says, give that woman your $100. And he said, but something was very strange because God said, you give the 100 out of his pocket. He took the 100 And God said, no, no, wait a minute. Out of your wallet, I want you to add a $20 bill to it. There's a true story. So he's going, huh? So he gives it to her and she opens it up. And what does she find? $120. Obeying God is good for you. You say, Pastor Mark, you just said that to motivate us. (laughs) You're exactly right. (laughs) Not to give money, but to listen and obey God. Do you know in the United States about 4% of Christians tithe? In that church, 75%. That's unheard of. You guys do good, but plenty of you. God just spoke to you. Give and it will be given to you. Serving, talents, time, money. Learn, listen, step out. True story. Now, in case you're wondering which door that man will be at this morning... This was in another state. I'm sorry. (laughs) I want you to write this down. Number four, we obey because obedience is good for others. See, when she obeyed that true story, God honored it for her. It was immediately good for her. The above story was good for the man who heard God speak. He and generously obeyed. You see, when we obey God, you think that man felt good when she said to him, you won't believe this, but I was writing a check for a hundred and God said I had to put another 20 in it. Do you think he went, oh, cool, have a nice day. He's going, what is the greatest thing of this story? It's this, listen to me. It's been able to hear God speak. Why do you obey God? Is it out of fear? Pastor Mark told us that this was the wrong motivation for our obedience. We should obey God because of His love for us. He loved us even before we had a relationship with Him. We obey Him because obedience is good. This is shown throughout the whole Bible. Every command from God is to bring blessings into our lives. And God loves to bless His children. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. 
Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Saturday nights at 6 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Now be sure and tune in next time as Pastor Mark teaches us ways to be blessed by God. Isn't that something that every person wants? Sure, we all want to be blessed. God clearly tells us in His Word that blessing comes through obedience. When we hear God speak and we obey what He tells us to do, we're blessed and other people are blessed as well. Others will know and understand the blessings of our relationship with God. That's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. has seen and our ears have heard his word made flesh in a hurting world a new hope he is giving lord let us hear your lessons